This is the Aussie Animal Show on Triple A Radio. Welcome to the wildlife. My name is Rob Armstrong. A couple of quick updates on previous interviews. The Gordon Koalas, last week's program featured a magnificent plea from Paola from Italy. Certainly a straightforward, no-nonsense approach from Gary in the UK. Jesse, Jesse has informed me that the plantation owner for the Gordon Plantation, which holds these four koalas, has had confirmation currently that there is no plan for any harvest activities next week. At this point, don't expect any further advice from the plantation owner before next Wednesday. Okay, so we've bought some time. The harvesting company says it's because of internal delays in their system. I don't know. I just hope it's the pressure. And sooner or later, someone's going to come to their senses and relocate those koalas. Update from Laurie Levy, the Coalition Against Duck Shooting. Some good news at last. Just recently, on the 17th of May, in the Geelong Magistrates Court, Magistrate Bentley withdrew the charges that have been brought against two of CAD's rescue specialists, Craig and Tracy Davey. A shooter who brought these charges alleged that while attempting to shoot on the Geelong wetland in 2020, the accused had used flags on long poles to keep birds away from his guns, therefore hindering a shooter. Look folks, these rescuers risk their lives on the wetlands every year and they are the only help for the injured and wounded native water birds. Laurie Levy said, however, it's time for Victoria Police to crack down and bring serious charges against duck shooters who continually exploit Victoria's emergency triple O hotline phone number to report false accusations against rescuers. The situation is extremely serious as Victorians who are in desperate need of emergency help cannot get through to the triple O numbers because of the crank callers blocking the system. Thank goodness a little bit of sanity has prevailed. Tonight I feature a wildlife rescuer whose mother is a registered wildlife carer. So this fully volunteer family organization not only rescues animals but take care and treat and then rehabilitate and release our wildlife. India Armstrong is a vet nurse, works full time and every other hour of the day she's out there doing wildlife rescue. India can you tell us how you got involved with wildlife rescue? So pretty much I got involved because there was a need in this district. We are finding more and more wildlife injured or in need of assistance and there was no one really in this region. The few times that I had contact wildlife rescuers, they had to come from nearly an hour away, um, which isn't always practical when there is wounded or injured animals. So we looked into training to get involved and from there it kind of blew up a little bit and it was very needed within our region. 
you're a co-founder of Central Goldfields Wildlife Rescue. Can you tell us a little bit about the organisation? At the moment, we're pretty much just a family-based rescue service. So uh, we rescue all sorts of wildlife within the Central Goldfields region and surrounds. Also, my mother, Sharon, she's a wildlife carer. So she's got the shelter not far out of Maryborough, which is handy. Uh, so we started that organisation because we found that people were having trouble finding help for wildlife. They didn't know who to call. A lot of people would call organisations that were hours away or even interstate that couldn't provide assistance or calling larger organisations. There was sometimes a bit of a delay in them finding a rescuer within our region. So we started the Central Goldfields Wildlife Rescue to target this district uh, and the surrounding towns so that it, it would be slightly easier for people to find that assistance for wildlife when in need. And quite often that need is due to motor vehicle accidents. I think we've all seen uh, marsupials, mainly kangaroos and wallabies on the side of the road. Yeah, definitely. Um, probably our number one call out is for generally a kangaroo that's been hit by a vehicle. So they're the roadside rescues often early hours in the morning, late at night, they're being struck by vehicles. So that's our main, the main call outs that we do attend. Uh, we do attend all species, lizards, birds, turtles, all sorts, but kangaroos are the number one animal being called in, unfortunately. Now, all of us, especially those of us in rural Australia, it would be so easy for us to do a pouch check on an injured route. Uh, do I need any specialised equipment? Nothing specialised. Everything you could probably find at home or down at the local Kmart. To perform a pouch check, you don't need any fancy equipment. A pair of scissors is good. Having a pair of scissors, a pillowcase, a towel, and if preferred, gloves, because... Sometimes the inside of the pouch can be a bit mucky or if there's a lot of trauma, there may be blood present. So having some gloves there as well helps protect you. How do I do a pouch check? Let's say it's an eastern grey kangaroo. I've found it on the side of the road. First thing I want to do is make sure I'm safe. Yeah, definitely. So before performing a pouch check, you want to make sure that the animal uh, is deceased. So you can check the reflexes on the eye, put your hand on the chest to check for a heartbeat. A lot of the time it is quite obvious to tell when an animal is deceased. At that point, you need to look out for your surrounds. So on the side of a busy road, sometimes it's um, best to move the kangaroo a bit further off the road to protect yourself from other vehicles or potentially debris on the road being flicked up and hitting you. So number one thing is personal safety. From there, once you do have the kangaroo in a safe position, location, from there, you need to check the sex. A lot of people do get a bit confused with checking the sex of kangaroos because uh, both male and female kangaroos have a cloaca and sometimes this is mistaken for testicles. So with a male, it's quite easy. They have the cloaca just above the base of the tail and a bit further up, they will have testicles. Sometimes a pouch can be harder to find. I do always say to people, if you can't find testicles, it's most likely a female. From there, you will run your hand across the stomach to try to find the opening of the pouch. It can be sometimes quite tight. If you feel on the outside of the pouch, you won't always necessarily feel the joey. Sometimes they can be quite small and hidden, or there could be a engorged mammary gland that feels like it could be a joey, but it's not. 
So I always try to open up the pouch uh, with my hand. From there, I do use scissors to cut down the pouch so that I've got better access and uh, a better view of what's happening inside, which sounds quite disgusting, but because the animal is dead, there's no blood flow to the area, so it's not messy at all. I understand that it's not for everybody and not everybody can stomach that, but without the blood flow to the area, it's quite clean. When cutting the pouch, I always cut down and I put my hand between the inside of the pouch and the scissors to ensure that if there is a joey there, I'm not accidentally going to puncture or wound them with the scissors there. So always being cautious that there could be a tiny little joey in there. Once I've opened up the pouch and cut it open as well, I check the teats. So if the joey's quite small, a pinky or a jelly bean, a jelly bean being one that's not long been born, um, might only be the size of your thumbnail. They'll generally be fused to the teat. So by finding the teat and then working your way down, you'll see if there's a joey there. They can come off it. So it is good to thoroughly check the inside of the pouch. From there, if the joey is fused to the teat, you then need your scissors again to cut the teat closest to mum's body. That way, instead of trying to remove the joey from the teat, you are removing the teat as well. Pulling a joey off the teat can cause fatal damage. Unfortunately, I've had some lovely people that have extracted a joey from the pouch themselves and it's had a broken jaw because they've used some force in trying to remove it. You, you have to remove the teat as well. Some people don't like the idea of that or worry that the joey might swallow it. Some people put a safety pin at the end of the teat. I, I personally leave it because I've cut it quite long. It'd be quite difficult for it to swallow. And generally after a short period of time, they do just drop the teat because teat shrink. So they, they lose their grip on it and it will just fall out of their mouth. And then that's when you need either a pillowcase or, or a towel to place the joey in safely. There's always the possibility that there may have been a joey at foot with the mother kangaroo. How can I tell if I should look around for a joey in the area? Yeah, definitely. We do get this quite a bit. So kangaroos can have a couple of active teats at a time, one to be feeding a joey in pouch and one to be feeding its at-foot joey. Might be last year's baby that's grown up and still pops its head in the pouch for a drink every now and then. So a good way to indicate if a if there could be possibly a missing joey or a at-foot joey that's missing, the size of the teat. So an inactive teat will be smaller and also it won't have any milk. So a lot of the time you can run your finger across the teat and if milk comes out, you know it's active um, and that there should be theoretically a, a joey nearby. Sometimes you can't locate them. I, I always go for a good walk a few hundred metres either side of the road up and down check long grass because if it was a motor vehicle accident the joey might have been ejected from the pouch from impact and could be laying nearby somewhere what's the next stage i've found a joey in a pouch i've i've removed it from the pouch put it in a, my pillowcase which i prepared yep. in the back of my car what do i do now i have this joey in a pillowcase yes so the next stage before anything else is find help so people in this region, we, we 
we try to promote ourselves locally on local Facebook pages so that people know where and how to find us. It's always a good idea to get to know your statewide wildlife rescue service. So we're in Victoria, so we have Wildlife Victoria. They have uh, volunteers all around the state. I also rescue for Wildlife Victoria and other organisations. It's always good to have programmed into your phone your statewide wildlife rescue service as well as any local ones that may be about. Now, if you can't find these, I recommend to people calling their local vets, even if it's after hours. And if you can't find local contacts, sometimes your local council or police will have these details as well. So you've got the Joey, you're looking for assistance. You may have to drive it somewhere. Wildlife are very stress prone, especially your kangaroos. Um, they are incredibly stress prone. So the environment they are in is important. Now, if it's a very small joey, barely any fur or uh, pink still with no fur, um, I always recommend putting them down your shirt so that they get a bit of body warmth. You don't want to have cold air blowing on them. You want to turn your radio completely down, if not off, to reduce background noise. I know they are adorable, but it is best to keep them covered up, not pulling them out, not trying to get photos of them, keeping them dark, quiet, and all handling to a minimum, only handling when needed. And nine times out of 10, if you, you, you've done something great, so getting a photo of that is absolutely fantastic. A lot of the time, if you ask the rescuer, carer, or vet that you meet, if you can get a quick photo, uh, most people will be absolutely happy to quickly get it out into a safe, warm environment for you to do so. But that definitely isn't the number one priority in the first stages of rescue there. But it's not just kangaroos that it's important to check. You know, you have all different species in our region. It's just mostly kangaroos, wallabies and possums. But in the surrounding shires and towns, there are also wombats um, and koalas. We unfortunately don't have them in our region, so they're not something that I have the experience with. But the fundamentals of checking their pouches are the same. Obviously, with wombats, their pouches are backwards, so you're going to be looking more towards the anus and below for their pouch and pouch opening. But otherwise, the steps of locating the pouch, opening it up, cutting it open, and then finding if there's any joeys, removing the teat if they are attached to it still and then safely placing them into a pillowcase or towel or some sort of way to confine them. No matter how well-meaning you are, it is illegal to possess wildlife. Now, Definitely. you have an obligation then to transport that animal to a vet or to a wildlife shelter where it will be correctly cared for. I know you've come across animals, people have thought they're doing the best thing, but they need specialist care, specialised feeding. Yes. And it's illegal to possess wildlife. Definitely. And these people are generally very well-meaning. They do care about the animal. There's no doubt about that. But their understanding of their needs, uh, both emotionally, nutritionally, aren't there. A lot of these animals do need to be raised with others of their size. They do have uh, special formulated formulas and diets. They are hard work. Um, there's no doubt about it. Hats off uh, to my mother who looks after them full time. Um, I'm, I'm not sure how she does it. It's, it's a lot of hours in every single day. It is very challenging. Unfortunately, 
all the ones I have come across that have been illegally kept have not been in good condition. They've come with um, severe health issues. It, they've always been very poorly. The people have meant well. Um, a lot of the time they have actually reached out for help, which is great. But then some of them also haven't made it. They've died in the next days after they have been surrendered. So it is illegal to hold uh, wildlife or possess wildlife. People get a bit confused because in Victoria, our department, you can get a wildlife license to purchase wildlife, but that's for captive bred wildlife. A wildlife license does not mean you have the authority to take animals from the wild, even if it's well-meaning and care for them. You do have to be an authorised shelter or foster carer in the state of Victoria to possess or care and re rehabilitate wildlife. Which of course is the major function of the Central Goldfields Wildlife Rescue. India, this is a voluntary organisation. How do you fund yourselves? Uh, we are fully self-funded. So all costs of raising, rehabilitating and rescue are out of our own pocket. So it is quite expensive. We do have a Facebook page. Central Goldfields Wildlife Rescue is our Facebook page. Uh, we, we are currently running a GoFundMe just to help with those ongoing costs. I imagine fuel costs at the moment is a big killer because I know just the other night you had to do almost a 200-kilometre round trip to re rescue or even check on an injured animal. Yeah, yeah. So fuel is definitely a big cost. Obviously, due to COVID, there's been rising costs with everything. So medications have gone up, formula has gone up, everything has gone up. But fuel is definitely a big factor, especially when we have to consider, can we get out to the rescue or not? Is this, do we have enough fuel? Because all of our excess money does go back into the animals. So sometimes it is financially um, difficult there. So we have started uh, a few different fundraisings with the GoFundMe and also selling wildlife tote bags. But again, that's kind of just a, a, a short-term help. There is the continual ongoing cost with every single animal that we take into care and rescue as well, just the rescue equipment for those trickier rescues or more complex rescues, it, it does all add up there. Listen, one of the unfortunate sides of doing rescue is the need to humanely euthanize. Now, I know you've recently purchased a captive bolt gun, which is highly recommended as a humane method of putting down an animal. How much did that cost? What, what did you pay for that bolt gun? So the, the going um, cost for them is about $600. So that is expensive, definitely. Another thing that looking into is getting a firearms license because obviously captive bolt gun only works for immobile animals so you know just just even the cost of getting your firearms license is is quite expensive so all those vital pieces of equipment do add up definitely you know at any one time I have about a thousand dollars worth of rescue equipment just on my back seat and then obviously more at home for what doesn't fit in the vehicle and the other thing is the general wear and tear on vehicles as well. You know, since doing wildlife rescue, the amount of tyres I have to buy and oil I go through now. So there are a lot of costs associated, but I also don't want that to put off people getting involved. You can get involved as well by doing one rescue a month. Uh, you might transport a bird from a vet clinic to a carer every couple of weeks. You might go do a pouch check when you can you don't have to be involved 
at a 24 seven extent to be involved in wildlife rescue. There's also a chance for people to go out and help Sharon with the animals that are in care. Yeah, definitely. I mean, every day, the, the cleaning up, the pooper scooping. You know. Yeah, yeah. So that starts early in the morning up until late at night, the continual cleaning, preparation of food and bottles, mostly cleaning, <laughs> um, <laughs> that does take place and the feeds. So we have had a few volunteers over the time that we've been doing it. We have one fantastic long-term volunteer Carmen she is a godsend anything that we need she does whether it be taking animals to the vets picking them up doing pouch checks or just getting her hands dirty out at the shelter so we do always want volunteers it is very hard to get volunteers at a wildlife shelter though because it isn't the most glamorous work it's the little rewards of being able to work around these beautiful animals that makes it all worthwhile um, unfortunately it's not cuddling them and just sitting around bottle feeding them a lot of dirty work but it is very rewarding anyone who's interested in getting involved they can contact you through the facebook page yeah i do recommend people to if they're interested in getting involved in wildlife rescue or volunteering with us uh, whether it be at the shelter or in a rescue capacity I do recommend that they send a message through to the Central Goldfields Wildlife Rescue page with what you want to get involved in and a contact number. I am incredibly busy and I am sometimes quite bad at getting back to people. I, I will admit that now. Though, if you are getting in contact for a rescue or an animal in need, I recommend calling us directly because Facebook messages do get missed and I try to set aside a little bit of time each week just to go through them. So anything that's urgent, we don't recommend going via Facebook. And I mean, even uh, mobile can be unreliable out here because we have so many dead spots where you just don't get service. Yeah, exactly. So out where I stay most of the time, out at Mum's at the shelter, I, I have no mobile reception. We do have a landline number advertised on our Facebook page for people in need for rescue if they can't get through to the rescue mobile phone but also if I'm out on a rescue around here a lot of times it's quite rural and I won't have reception okay folks you've heard the story central goldfields wildlife rescue go to facebook type that in and visit their page they do have a gofundme appeal running at the moment to help offset the running costs as all shelter and wildlife carers know the costs are astronomical. It's common to accept that to raise an orphan joey to release will cost you $2,000. I can't tell you how many are in care at the moment. I'm not sure of the current number. I know there's a mixture of Eastern Grey kangaroos, a Western Grey and Swamp Wallabies. Each one of them costing $2,000 each to raise. This is a voluntary organisation. They reach into their own pockets to support our native wildlife. Visit the Facebook page, have a look at what they're doing. And out of complete transparency, I must admit that India Armstrong is my daughter and I'm one proud father. This is The Wildlife.